Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction, or occasionally other old fan works when we feel like it, and expose them to the cold, harsh light of 2022. My name is Amato, he, him, and with me are... Tori, they, them. And Della, she, her. I'd just like to warn you two before we get started that mm-hmm. this episode is going to be set to Mbop by Hansen, so we only have about four, maybe four and a half minutes. Amato... Wifey done. Now that's going to be going through my head constantly the whole time. I'm not going to be able to think. Um, what <laughs> have you done? <laughs> what have you done? It, it already was because it was in the last episode of She-Hulk. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't been watching She-Hulk, but I probably should be because if it's based on like fourth wall breaking lawyer She-Hulk from the comics, like that, that's a good pedigree. Pedig- um, pedigree? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. But it's like also, they have the chance to like take out extremely minor superheroes mm-hmm. and supervillains too. It's pretty comedic. Like so far, I think it's funny. My only complaint is that, and I know this is basically because it's based on the original comic run. But why is she so skinny oh, yeah. when Hulk? It, like it just looks weird well, in comparison to He Hulk, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> well, when you say so skinny, you mean compared to the Hulk? Yeah, absolutely. And she's yeah. Much, she's she, much smaller. She should have a female bodybuilder physique, though. That's that's no, the comics she's, like. No, yeah, okay. no, she's got a, a like yeah, a yeah. fitness model physique. But, oh, but like okay, her, that's different. her her proportions are just... like normal human, while He Hulk looks like he's designed by a six year old. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I know it just looks so weird in contrast. Like she basically looks like me if I was tall. Yeah, <laughs> just like a tall person, tall like a tall relatively superhero. fit person. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, in. In the comics, she definitely has like a ripped six pack like bodybuilder physique in, in the run that I'm thinking of this <laughs> that this is built on off of. But I understand I why true. you would need the right actor probably for that. And maybe they well, no, because they CGI her so heavily. Uh, OK. And the whole well, first of all, the actress is also pretty small to begin with. So I think that like in comparison, yeah, she looks way buff <laughs> yeah. CGI version. But Did they model the, the Hulk off of a different actor or something. That's a really good question. I, I think, think She-Hulk has two credits. <laughs> anyway, if you're asking in general why the Hulk is like a huge monster buff person and She-Hulk is essentially shaped like a human, I think it's just sexism. <laughs> well, see, oh, here's the thing, though. Okay, okay. Chris, <laughs> I didn't get that. Now I get it. <laughs> Chris brought up this really important point, though, is that she never had an issue with the um, sort of Jekyll and Hyde stuff no, that not really. Hulk does. So... Mm-hmm. And her job is a lawyer. She's not being a super. So maybe it's like <laughs> less like this is her um, her a manifestation of her id or like she has more control over it. And that's yeah. why it is not such a bestial looking thing. But yeah, no, it's probably just sexism. I, I feel like you could <laughs> explain it. There's room there. I, I'd read that fan fiction. But. <laughs> yeah, I was like, at least now I have an explanation that's not just their fucking sexist. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm satisfied. Well, come to think of it, there's another gamma powered, you know, Marvel superhero, Doc Samson. And his his hair is green and, and he's buff and that's about it. But he's also a like licensed therapist and that's his job. <laughs> like that's another TV show spinoff that I think we're ready for. It's like he's just, you know, the one the one superhero therapist who's like willing to deal with this stuff. Does Samson do the Jackal Hyde thing, too? Or is he? I don't think so. I think he's just strong and has green hair. Yeah, I was trying to see a correlation between like profession and be able to control the Hulk state. But like <laughs> lawyer, therapist, scientist. It's all STEM. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, you have well, to see it as white collar. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of have to see it as like every iteration of Hulk 
is based on the original Hulk. So mm-hmm. my thought was always like, I was a little annoyed because I was like, they were like, what if Hulk, but not what they made <laughs> She-Hulk, right? Like, oh, she doesn't yeah. have to contend with this, like, you know, bestial yeah. personality. I'm like, that's a reversal, but it just makes it the reversal of the reversal, which is a nothing, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. So what She-Hulk fanfic are we reading today, Amon? <laughs> oh, shit. I uh, that's a good question. I mean, <laughs> I, I would I would read some She-Hulk fanfiction, but no, we're we're off the deep end again today because a little while back we went way off the deep end and you know, talked about the Daikon 3 and 4 opening animations, which are, you know, original fan works, albeit set to non-original music. And that just reminded us of the existence of AMVs, <laughs> which dominated several years of, like, my consciousness, I would say, in, you know, probably middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of weird that I forgot about them. Right? But we were like, hey, those are fan works that have some manner of narrative that is constructed or assembled to some extent by a fan. So that's clearly just fan fiction and we can talk about it, right? It is. And speaking of, I um I was looking so hard for this one Yaoi themed AMV <laughs> that I actually tried to boot up my old computer from my childhood bedroom. <laughs> um and I realized it was one- running Windows 2000 through desperation. And <laughs> it blue screened right away and sorry. You know, I know it's on there if I can get the hard disk, but it wasn't that was more work than I needed to do. But yeah, I watched a lot of those. Like I downloaded them in middle and high school for at least yeah. early high school for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about our background with AMVs because when we were getting into anime in the um, late 90s, is that about right? I think that's fair. It was kind of the era of the internet where if you were lucky and you had a stable internet connection and you found the right hookup, you could download episodes of anime. They were pretty poor quality. I mean, I, I couldn't. I had dial-up, so if anybody called, then the whole thing was shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. But what yeah. I mean is, like, it, it was hard, and they were really low quality. But it was a little bit more viable to share videos that were only, like, three minutes long that were somewhat better quality mm-hmm. sometimes. And, the, you know, AMVs were starting to knock about the internet and be somewhat reliably available. I mean, you know, you had to do some digging sometimes. But, like, a lot of times, there was no way I could, you know, watch a given series, but I could see a little bit of what it looked like from AMVs. You know, in retrospect, it feels like it was a long time, but YouTube came out not too long after we got, like, a DSL connection in my home, right? But it took a while for YouTube to become YouTube as we know it, where I you're just like, true. oh, I want I'm to see to a remember. thing that exists. YouTube has that. Yeah, I just remember... I. I can't remember if I ever watched AMVs on YouTube or if I just downloaded or watched, probably watched them on the creator's sites. Right. That's yeah. probably right. Yeah, download well, them and yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, when setting up for this episode, I went back to animemusicvideos.org and that was around then and it's around now. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's still got the same setup where you can search for episodes. Uh, not episodes, excuse me. You can search for AMVs is what I mean. <laughs> Anime music videos, right? Fan assemblages of of clips set to music. And it's like one of the categories when you search for things is links, which is basically like, is this even available to watch? And half the time it's like, nope. Is there a download link? No. How are you supposed to see this? You don't. Like (laughs) most often it's like because it was shown at an anime convention, which was what was done before the Internet. Right. Right. Um, But other than that, it's like, oh, maybe there's a direct link. Back in the day, maybe it would point you to an FTP site because, you know, people are still using FTP. Um, 
and it was all it was all kind of completely haphazard and on animemusicvideos.org it continues to be totally haphazard it looks like yeah i, I love that there's like a documentation for like amv cryptids out there <laughs> <laughs> may or may, may not exist here are the legends exactly right i was surprised that am uh, was it amv.org right animemusicvideos.org um it still existed. I, I was looking for a video I really wanted to see it. I went on the AMV subreddit and they pointed me to the link, which identified the video. But of course, you can't watch it anymore. But I was like, at least someone remembers this. And it has a <laughs> list of all 33 anime that were in the video. So yeah, I was like, no, That's the, cool. the site is very good about that. It's it comprehensive. Kind of, yeah. It kind of annoyed me, actually, when I was searching for things back in the day, because like I'm looking for Sailor Moon music videos and it would list everything where it's like this AMV uses three seconds of Sailor Moon footage among 50 other anime. And I'm like, that's not what I meant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is thorough, though. <laughs> well, we can talk more about, like, whether music AMVs were, like, themed towards a particular anime or whether right. they were a compilation. Because, like, they, it occurred to me as we were, what we did is we kind of, all of us pulled up things we remembered from back in the day. And, and we all watched each other's recommendations. And it occurred to me there's just a lot of different types of AMVs. Yeah. And you know what? You do mention like single subject versus like multi crossover things. And that's definitely one of the two main divisions in my mind about AMVs. And the other one I would say is whether it's an earnest thing or a gag thing. Um, gag can be pretty earnest, Amato. Oh, so. uh, you think so? Yeah. <laughs> an earnest gag. You can't just let me have a statement here, Della. You're just going <laughs> to jump right on it. I'm sorry. That's how, how my brain works. Absolutes <laughs> get torn apart. Uh, what if I'm a Sith? Is it okay then? Um, what kind of Sith? <laughs> you know, one that deals in absolutes. Like er early Empire or late Empire. <laughs> a good Sith. <laughs> right, is this is before or after the rule of two. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you're, you're way deeper in this than I am. <laughs> All just because the University of Coruscant uh, podcast. That, that's it. Welcome well, to our podcast on tangents. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about AMV history really briefly to the extent that I understand it. According to Wikipedia, the first anime music video was 82, and it was a Star Blazers, uh, whatever Star Blazers is, AMV set to All You Need Is Love by a guy named Jim Kapostis. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. And that was done using the old method, which was you had two VCRs hooked up next to each other, and you had to like start and stop the recording of the one you were recording to at separate times based, you know... Just to get everything synced up, it sounds super hard. So, uh, Amato, you're in education, right? Yeah. If you're listening to a kid give a report and they start off with, according to Wikipedia, <laughs> how, would that be like automatically lowering to you or like? Well, as a substitute even... teacher, I never have to grade anything. Oh. So I'm completely <laughs> divorced from any kind of real teaching expectations. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've, Wikipedia is probably more. It's a still a secondary source but it's a little more vetted back in the day yeah back for yeah. all you young people um or people who are maybe a little older our teachers would always be like don't use wikipedia it's not a real source anyone can edit it <laughs> also it's less true now yeah star blazers in case y'all didn't know mm -hmm. was the 1979 u.s release oh, of space, space battleship, battleship yamato. yamato okay that's right oh okay. that was like kind of weirdly recut yeah I learned this when we were talking about um, the Daikon animations. So okay. Okay, that's right. My mind. I like some of that early dubbing history, like those before my time to begin with. I just like. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Please pass me, except for that one um, 
commercial of the for the con. I was like, oh, okay. You could have told me that it was the dub name for battle uh, for like uh, Gatchaman. I would have been like, oh yeah, that's right, right, right. But no, that's that's battle. Oh, that's of the what planets. I should have told you. <laughs> I had this whole like tangent in my head about whether um, dub anime that has like a new intro and outro that's been cut up and recorded a new song is it would be like an AMV or not. But that, but then that's officially licensed. So that's of course right. not. But I, I was just about to say. But, like, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. It might still be an AMV. It wouldn't necessarily be fan fiction, right? Mm. That's a good... <laughs> I feel like AMV, like fan fiction, is a term that describes a fan work. Mm. Okay. I don't think there's such a thing as an AMV that is not... Wait a minute. Well, it, it had to be an intro that was an AMV first that they adapted as an intro. <laughs> <laughs> well... You know, it's interesting because literally it's anime music video. So mm -hmm. you could imagine that someone ripped an opening from something and mm -hmm. that's an a anime music video. Did Grimes get permission to use those Utena clips? <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. Is that an AMV? I think it is. Yeah. Um, and we should watch that. That's it. But it's not an old one, though. Oh, true, that's, true. That's, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> anyway. um, so. As obviously, as computers became accessible and more powerful, and you had enough storage space to keep video on it, it became much more easy to edit AMVs and to do weird special effects things with them. And I think, I think, just the activity became more accessible, and a lot more people started doing it. That's but, my impression. It's not being able to store videos; it's being able to create and process videos. Okay, that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember well, all, all those things because you need you need to have like all of the source footage stored. Yeah, also, well, yeah, but it's uh, computing power versus storage. I mean, both of those were in short supply. Yeah, but both, both were increasing. <laughs> but your focus was odd. Okay, got it, got it. <laughs> also, the, yeah, the editing software wasn't like super readily available. Like, what was like by the early two thousands? There was um, Windows. I don't know, the Windows video editing thing. I forgot what it was called mm. now. But Windows Movie Maker? Yeah, is Movie Maker, is that what it was? It I don't been. remember. <laughs> Which was very limited, but sure, you could do stuff with it. But also, like, you need to know that that existed and mm -hmm. what to do with it. And I just don't know if that information was... I'm speaking as a complete non-professional with, like, literally no experience. But I think yeah. I used Movie Maker to make my uh, <laughs> experimental film final project in wow. 2008. <laughs> <laughs> ah. So yeah, obviously we are not AMV experts and we don't, we're not delving deep into the history. It'd be cool to talk to a like old school AMV creator, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. So hit us up. Yeah. You should, you should contact somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have. Um, but I think for the moment, the, the idea I had, as Tori mentioned, was that we all kind of out suggestions of AMVs that we wanted to talk about one way or another, and that way we could all watch them beforehand instead of maybe having vague recollections of them and maybe not. Uh, does anyone want to go first on like proposing one to to discuss? Y'all are looking at me, so <laughs> <laughs> but that's because you're on the other side of the table, I think. Yeah, well, I also, I just, I just don't want to go first, I think. I like went to the bottom of the mine barrel for mine. <laughs> okay. That's legit. Let, let me go first while we're talking oh, yeah. about VHSs, okay? okay? Because, and also accessibility of video on the internet. Because one of my two things I wanted to talk about was the AMV, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, song of the same name. Um, and this was produced by Kestrel, who was part of a, you know, 
group of fan creators called Semp- uh, from Senpai.org. You can still find their videos on uh, Senpai.org. I'll provide a link to each of these videos if I if I can. But you can also find it on YouTube. Maybe Senpai.org will notice us now. <laughs> 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 oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, uh, I, I need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so. There's a few reasons I want to talk about this, and part of it is just like my own anime background, where this is a music video based on the Black Rose arc of Utena, okay? Like, all the clips are from the Black Rose arc. And this was after I had managed to scrounge up, or you know what, I probably had the DVDs of the first 13 episodes of Utena then. And this was the period of time when you could not get the Black Rose arc, because it had been licensed, and so all of the uh, fan subbers were no longer distributing it, because that was part of the fan subber ethics is like you couldn't get vhs tapes of things that were licensed in the u.s but it wasn't out in the u.s there was no way you could actually watch it and so this was my only exposure was like after watching those first that first part of utina like finding a video like this about the next part and being like what is this what the heck is happening is that like that character who showed up for five seconds in episode like seven yes i think it is and um i, I also just appreciated this person's various Utna AMVs and other AMVs in general, because they're kind of, I, I found them very, um, like, I, I want to say functional, but that sounds bad. Like, they're just well-constructed in my mind mm. about, mm. like, effectively set to the music, effectively developing a theme, and then leaving, but, but nothing, right. like, fancy or distracting either. Um, but anyway, yeah, it, it, it was crazy, like, like I said, th- this this being that era where this might be your only exposure to an entire otherwise inaccessible thing. I actually think I remember this one from back in the day, but I hadn't watched Utna yet because I didn't have access to it mm. because you and I should have been better friends in high school, Amato, <laughs> just Apparently. saying. Um, <laughs> I mean, I watched Utna in college sometime, but anyway, um, I do remember Utna fandom being all around the internet. And I was so curious about it. So this was kind of my like exposure to Utna. I definitely remember it. And and it's like you said, it's kind of well constructed. I mean, the song is perfect. I mean, <laughs> everybody wants to rule the world and they they don't do any lip syncing, I don't think, no. stuff, which Those, is very different than your other one. <laughs> they do do some <laughs> very on point like setting to the lyrics. They do. Like, yeah. like almost too on point, mm-hmm. but I kind of appreciate it. <laughs> Where it's like, you know, I'll be right behind you. And it's like Mikage literally <laughs> looming behind yes. the Black Rose Duelists in the elevator, things like that. Well, it was a col- um, collage of that, right? Right. It yeah. was. And or, then that made it better, I think. <laughs> I just thought it was like also pretty elegant that like they do like early shots of the coffins falling out of the wall, but then when all the walls come crumbling down, it's just the wall. I was like, yeah. Ooh, that's subtle. Well, that's just the elevator falling, I believe. Um, well, no, they do there's one point where all the walls come tumbling down, they they just do a pan of all the oh, coffins okay. in the wall. But then they I think the elevator is right after that. Either way, it was it had like a certain subtlety. Um yeah. I, I thought it was kind of like really elegantly done, which is, I guess, kind of a definitive thing with AMVs. It's like either you're trying to be like really uh, poignant mm-hmm. and like set things in a, I don't know, how do I put it? Like elegant way. I already said elegant. Or you're just <laughs> kind of being ridiculous. And some of them are also kind of just off the wall. <laughs> well, 
to finish up a couple of thoughts about the content of that AMV itself, I also do appreciate the, the, the author's not really trying to trick you, but it is edited such that it makes you think that the entire arc is going to be about the Black Rose Duelist. Utena does not, does she appear in the AMV? Is she even there for a single shot? Uh, if she is, it's like for a half a second. I think you might see the back of her head in some dual yeah, shot. It's... Maybe she's like punching Mikage at but, some but point. Like, I noticed that like barely not even that. Most of the duels look like it's these people dueling each other. It's edited to make <laughs> it look like the Black Rose duelists are dueling each other. And yeah. like you kind of know they're not just from having seen the first part of Utena. But even so, it looks cool. It's like the cutting between all these people with their cool dark outfit character designs and like you know, the, the fighting animation and some of the smoother, cooler Utena animation anyway. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's kind of a neat thing in the latter part of that video to have, like, yeah. this big sword brawl going on. I can't remember if I watched the Black Rose arc before or after I saw this. I might have seen this after, so I might have been familiar with the anime. But I think it was my first exposure to the song. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's another thing about AMVs, mm -hmm. is that as a... As a teenager, I was exposed to a lot of music I otherwise was not seeking out because I wasn't much of a, like, yeah. listening to music person. I mean, for me, like, being introduced to music is like AMVs and rock band. <laughs> but yeah, yeah Guitar it. Hero. <laughs> Y'all, I am the opposite, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously very different. But, like, just from watching this and I think another Kestrel AMV, I'm like, yeah, Tears for Fears. But, like, otherwise, I would have had no idea. I mean... That's amazing to me because I love Tears for Fears and it's an incredible song. And it's so delightful when I find these intersections, like somebody being exposed to something I love through another thing that I love in a vector that I never would have expected. I think that's cool. Well, here's my last thing about this video specifically, mm -hmm. is that I, I don't remember whether, I think specifically the author, Kestrel, must have said like, hey, hit me up for a VHS of my AMVs if you want. And I did. <laughs> Like, I, I contacted Kestrel and got a VHS copy of all of these, you know, AMVs, which I think is lost now. And I think I probably only watched it once because even then, I'm just not the generation, you know, who would continue to put a VHS and a VHS player hooked up to a TV <laughs> if I could just double click on a little icon on a TV, on a, you know, computer screen. We, we, we were on the tail end of that, though. We were on the tail end of that yeah, generation. It's, it's not unthinkable. But, yeah. But, but it's cool. Like... And, you know, the author, like, sent it with, like, a note and, like, they threw on a couple other AMVs that they found influential, which I think was a series of Nadia uh, Secret of Blue Water AMVs, which must have made the convention circuit and been, you know, been given around on VHSs back in the pre-internet days, you know? I love that. And I I'm fairly sure that these AMVs by Kestrel were put together with the two VHS method and then somehow ripped onto a... um a computer mm -hmm. and i think it was like the tail end of that generation which i i kind of find impressive just in itself because again it's feel it sounds like such a pain not to to make this too much more of the podcast but tangents but <laughs> i will say there is something kind of like yeah like you said we're on the tail end of that sort of like passing around well we definitely passed around a lot of uh cds yes. with anime like manga and anime on them that but, was like my whole thing yeah yeah <laughs> for sure um <laughs> But VHS is not as much, even though we grew up with them. Like by the time we were teens, there we had DVDs, right? Kind of. But my point is, is if we could afford them, we had them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My point is, like, there is such a different community with the advent of the internet 
So we're talking about the, the difference between when you could only see the thing at the convention, like we mentioned at DICON, or when the thing would only be passed out of the convention, or even when, yeah, this might be uploaded on a website, but you can only have a copy of it that's going to stay with you if you ask the the creator for it, which I kind of wish I would have done with one of my videos that I is no longer available. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, th those were the main points I wanted to get at, at that, uh, with that AMV, where sort of the exposure to new, um, new footage and or new, uh, new music, mm -hmm. and also just that kind of end of the VHS era connection. I think like an unofficial measure of whether an AMV is good or not is after you watch it, do you want to watch the anime it's from? <laughs> I mean, that, that makes me want to lead into my other video, but I think oh, let's we're... let's do that, yeah. Okay, great. So the other one that I chose is a little bit more well-known and popular and, you know, memor... memorized. Uh, the word I'm looking for is remembered. Memorable? Than my first one. And I, I mean, you know, everybody wants the real world was memorable to me, but I mean, this is one that a lot of people watched. It is Jinai and the Bugram Live um, by... What's the actual name of the author? It's Kagato AMV is the account on animemusicvideos.org, but I... I'm not sure I have their name. And it also debuted like at a con, I believe Anime Expo 2001. Plenty retro, in other words. Um, and, you know, I don't want to say it's the best AMV ever created. <laughs> but just as a discussion question, let me ask, is this the best AMV ever created? Yeah, I thought it was interesting you didn't want to say that, but you did bring up that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very well edited. Okay. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, I see Tori looking a little pained <laughs> over there. Oh, no. I mean, look, I'm sorry, Mato. It's not the best AMV ever created. Okay, but okay, I accept that. It is hilarious. Mm -hmm. and, and I was thinking about our um, conversation, like, what is the theming of an AMV? You go from everybody wants to rule the world, which is dramatic yeah. and somewhat mm -hmm. poignant with mm -hmm. like Mikage's narrative being kind of the overarching layer. Very soulful, that video. Mm -hmm. mm. And then we've got what even is the song? Uh, yeah, what is the song? Apparently uh, it's a novelty, like there was a whole novelty album put out of just like someone singing in a made-up language like with different genres of music. Um, and I think the title of this is just Hubba Hubba Zoot Zoot, is the yep. name of the song, right? <laughs> It um, is. I forget the history of that song specifically. I only know it in this context. Me too. I was like, what even is And it's mostly a lip syncing video with uh, the character from El Hazard, who right. name I forget. Um, Genie, apparently. Genie, okay. <laughs> and so, right. That's basically what it is. But I think this is another category of AMVs where it's kind of like to their editing like putting together a thing in order to create a new like visual experience mm -hmm. but uh the, not necessarily a, a narrative but i think even if you do this it does form somewhat of a narrative <laughs> yeah so but when you're talking about lip syncing and the editing mm -hmm. i think in 2001 lip syncing was not taken for granted i think when this something like this oh, got yeah. busted out at like you know 2001 anime expo it was kind of striking and like impressive it's a pretty impressive edit though to be fair like the made-up language makes it a little bit easier because it's um, a lot, lot of vowel cons clusters yeah. yeah yeah it does Jeez. constant vowel clusters. but so genie who's this like 
You, I, I've never seen any El, El Hazard. El Hazard. How, how are you actually supposed to say? It? I don't know. I've never seen it. I've never seen any. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen any either. But like just from watching this video, you get such a strong impression of this character because you've got their character design and body language and face expressions, mm -hmm. which are all very calibrated to show you that he's a pretentious prick asshole <laughs> who is like overconfident and like, you know, and sneering. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it, it really conveys that very well. And and he's he's lip syncing these lyrics and like called me a simple soul, but like just like a shot of somebody making really weird finger gesticulations going like whoa, 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 whoa <laughs> is like that's going to get me. Mm -hmm. I I'm the target audience. <laughs> no, it's hilarious. But like, you know, despite the effort they obviously put into the lip sync, I think most of the humor they're getting out of this is the play on that character's movements, the mm -hmm. original animation of that character. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. Though I will say something they do, I don't know if they did it intentionally or they're just looking for lip sync clips, clip, yeah, we don't remember lip sync clips. But um, there are points where he looks like really angry and points where he looks like he's laughing and they're juxtaposed. And I find that to be some of the funniest parts because I'm like, what is this character's emotion? Like, exactly. what is their mood? I, I started wondering about this character so much. Right. Just from their gesticulations. Yeah. No, Even you're right. I, I get the feeling that if I actually did watch this, it I wouldn't be <laughs> interested at all. <laughs> I think so, because clearly they're taking this whole 13 episode OAV mm -hmm. and they're probably taking every good shot of genie from that whole series and cramming it into this little video with like you know funny lyrics and like alternating with like the bug room like doing stuff <laughs> and and right if it was spread out across 13 episodes i don't i don't know that any of those given movements would hit me in the same way as they do when it's just like bam 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 one after the other it is also funny see the bug room like looped to sort of look like they're dancing to this well, ridiculous song. At the end, they actually are dancing. There's, actually like some sort oh, of drum, there's a drum circle and laughing, yeah, actually right, having right. a dance. My gosh. Yeah, it's the conceit <laughs> that this is some kind of performance like <laughs> by Genie and the Bug Room, right? Um, I also want to appreciate in terms of like the, the syncing of this video, there's a few moments where just out of the blue, like something else is synced. Like he grabs something, Genie grabs something from a Bug Room and it's like a sound of, of probably drumsticks tapping together just like a little click and it's like so satisfying <laughs> or like the only other thing that happens in this whole video besides genie and the bugram being lip-synced to hubba hubba zoot suit is like in between reaction shots of people looking distressed <laughs> just like other characters from el hazard that's right. looking distressed right and oh, at my. one point Genie's sister Nanami has one of those reaction shots early on and she opens her mouth and there's just this like weird little wheeze sound that was in the original like track of the music. It's just like, I don't know. And it's so weird. But just the choice that the AMV editor did to have that happen, like I appreciate those little touches in this. Yeah, so they, it was a lot of editing based off visuals, a lot of, like cut together shots. Do you think they, they created a narrative here? Do you think, would this be a fan fiction to you, Amato? I mean, I think it reads like a condensed narrative of El Hazard because no matter what, no matter, even though they have the conceit of, of like this being a live performance that so they do like at the sign at the <laughs> beginning and with everyone dancing at the end, really it's just like, oh, this looks like a Cliff's Notes version of like, okay, there's this asshole uh, <laughs> high school student and he takes, con like, he becomes the leader of this tribe of, like, weirdo bug people and they go to war. So do you think it's transformative? 
I mean, it's transformative, but I, I don't know if it's a new narrative mm. so much as like a representation of the narrative. Yeah, it's it's definitely not a new narrative. Well, I actually don't know because I haven't seen the show, but <laughs> we don't know. I, I'm yeah. guessing. That being said, I think it is tonally quite different. Oh, yeah. Right. It's definitely not as serious. That's probably for sure. So. I don't think El Hazard was ever the most serious. I mean, no, not that I'm, but, 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 it's, but yeah, more serious than this. Like, right. I think we can say that. Maybe. Like, this I is I think there were probably really supposed silly. to be stakes at some point. And right. like, there's maybe no stakes I was, in this. No. This is just like, let's laugh at the funny character. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I did. <laughs> right. So changing genres, that, that is firmly transformative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, also, it won a, it premiered at Anime Expo 2001, I think you said, Amato. Mm-hmm. I believe. But it also won a Taku Outpost Cajones Award. <laughs> I think it won an Which award at Anime Expo hilarious. 2001 also. I think it's not always like, you know. Oh, oh yeah, I see it says that right there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry, I wasn't sure if they were saying they won that award at that con. That's why I brought it. Well, you know, it's whatever. You'd think that they would have mentioned it, actually, if like if it had won other awards. But I do note rather high ratings on animemusicvideo.org. Mm. Um, 9.46 out of 10 average score for lip syncing. Yeah. But like, I like, honestly, like, even though it's funny, it's called the Kahanas Award, but it's like, yeah, it was a ballsy move, right? Like it <laughs> yeah. was a bold maneuver for them to put this out. And, and obviously it paid off for them. So perhaps. Right. So we have two kind of different genres of AMVs, the serious moody one and the gag yeah. AMV. We'll I, I mean, those are those are kind of the main categories that I split AMVs into, like I said, yeah. even though you you took dispute. So I'd, I would like to propose something. Do mm-hmm. we have an example of what you would call a, what term did I use? Like a gag AMV that is um, earnest? Well, I, in my mind, it's about the uh, production of it. Mm. Like this, whatever this one was called. That have a... Genie and the Bugroom Live or the song? Whatever. Um, <laughs> the the editing was very, very earnest. Like you said, the lip syncing got 9.4 out of 6. And that right. is a hard thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was earnestly and well done. Yeah. Right. I see. Does that change the genre? Because you can make a comedy where the author... I mean, most. Yeah. I think most creators of comedy are earnest in wanting to make a good comedy, right? I, I think it's fair not to include that in, in genre. That's just my internal categorization. Maybe see, earnest isn't the right word, but like... Well, it, that's w- what I appreciate. I can like not like something, but if I see that it's like well-made, I'll, I'll appreciate it for that. <laughs> Got yeah. it. There's an important part there. And also, I was trying to think if this was genre or not, because I was like, lip syncing seems like a genre, but actually a lot of AMVs contain some lip syncing. Yeah, lip syncing is just don't. a tool that's it's it's a used. Formal it's a formal element. It is a tool, but formal element. for some music videos, it um, for some AMVs, it is a goal. So I think it's fair to say that it's a, it's a competitive category. <laughs> right. It's, it's absolutely one of the main parts of the point here. Yeah. Where like, just, you wouldn't have... Genai scenes set to hubba hubba zoot suit and have it be effective. The point is that you are putting the main vocalist's words into this guy's mouth. Yeah. yeah. That's like, that's the main point. But, but like you could submit a bunch of AMVs for the lip syncing contest, you know? You could. Yeah, that, yeah. that's an active skill they practice back then, I think. Yeah. It's just stressing me out because, like, <laughs> you know, 
my English major brain wants to be like, is this just a formal element? I mean, I guess it would be as if, um, you know, like a a prose novel contained bits of poetry, I suppose, <laughs> when there's otherwise like a lip syncing video is a poem and a AMV that has some lip syncing is a prose novel with bits of poetry. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. That's I don't a, know. A messy metaphor. <laughs> I know. It's driving me. I'm like, oh, I'm just wondering. I just want to define it as like a formal element or not. I, it, well, I think in some ways it is. I'm going to stop. Well, I'm, I'm calming down now. Look, lip syncing itself is just a specific version of what any AMV creator is doing. And it makes me think of um, Della, one of the one of the things that you remember that you dredged up out of your memory <laughs> were the Kodomo no Omocha AMVs by Kevin Caldwell. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And he did too, but one of them hardly counts because, I mean, it's it's Harvey the Wonder Hamster lasts like 15 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yes. But the one that I mostly remember is Kodomo no Omocha set to the William Tell Overture. Mm -hmm. And I that know. AMV has a title that I was never able to pronounce and still can't. It's <laughs> Caffeine Econium. Economium. Oh, oh, um, you know what? I know the word. I would have a hard time. Um, Nope. I'm not even trying. <laughs> but I feel like this um, AMV, which it must have been pre-2001, I would think, or like around that same time. It's got to have been around the same time-ish mm -hmm. as like, you know, Genie and the Bugram. And it's definitely related, I feel like. It's the same kind of thing where it's like it's showing off setting things to the music where the main point is like getting the beats of the music to the things that are happening on the screen. The word you're looking for is timing. I timing. Think. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, that, that probably is the word I'm looking for. It's like timing is the major point of it. Mm -hmm. Isn't that kind of the point of most AMVs though? It but could be. It could be, but there, there can be storytelling or there can be like a character interpretation. Like there's no... The only character interpretation in this video is that Sana is very hyperactive, which is not, <laughs> he's not going out on a limb here uh, in his interpretation of Kodomo no Omocha or the character well, there. Well, to contrast it, because like the other one I picked, because y'all were picking like good AMVs and that's like not representative <laughs> of all of it. That is true. <laughs> the one I remember liking back in high school was um, Samurai X Linkin Park. Oh, mm -hmm. What's the song's name? I can remember. In the end. In the end. And that I think doesn't have good timing. Yeah. You're right. I did notice that when I was watching it. Yeah. Also, thanks for getting that stuck in my head, by the way, Della. It's always stuck in my head. <laughs> if anybody says, in the end, whole song in my head after that. Oh, dear <laughs> God, how do you live? Not well. <laughs> so that song is fairly stuck in my head, too. Mm -hmm. But it's not the Linkin Park version. It's an acapella cover of it that I had on one of my acapella CDs. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So well, when I when I listened to this, I was like, this, this is strange. This isn't quite like I remember it. <laughs> oh, my God. You have a unique existence. I, I was not the most exposed to music. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I performed music. I sang in mm -hmm. the choir. I know a whole lot of Christmas songs <laughs> and the bass parts thereof. <laughs> That's how that works. It's very performative song. But yeah, but like for, the, for this music video, it was very, I, I think it's representative of a different type of, I don't want to say genre, but like type of music video where they just like put some emo images to e emo music. Mm. But, oh, yeah. The yeah. Linkin Park. It was very common when I think that's why a lot of this kind of slid off our brains. <laughs> but like the timing in this, in that one wasn't great. Like it, the beat would change and like the scenes would change, but you feel like they were just playing the scenes they wanted to kind of. 
irrespective of the timing of the music. Yeah, the, the the scene where they were, I feel like that hit me most with the scene where they were like sitting, drinking tea or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, wait, it, it kind of like starts at a weird, I mean, there's other examples, but like kind of starts at a weird place and it kind of like goes past a natural ending point and then it changes the scene. And I was like, just like, wait, wait, mm-hmm. what was, what was the point you were trying to make with this specific clip at this specific time in the video? Yeah. Right. So in contrast, right, in comparison, would we say that like caffeine and comium, I said okay. it, and comium, okay. um, <laughs> their goal was timing, yes. right? And that there was some other goal with um, the Kenshin Lincoln Park yeah, one. I that think that's was absolutely fair. More maybe emotional. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think or do you think they might have just been too lazy to do it right? I don't know. There's obviously a goal. I mean, no, I who mean, knows? It's, it's hard. Oh, sorry. Well, not I, lazy. Sorry, that sounds super No, I, just like I think in the AMV toolkit, there's different tools that, that, that they employ, including like lip syncing, including timing and some. Well, it's like, you know, different painter using different art style, you know? They focus on different things. Yeah. And they cr- create it in a different way. But but I think that goal, that difference in goal is very evident. And I think that emotional goal, Tori, is definitely accurate. I, I'm having trouble remembering a specific instance, but I remember like at one point when we were both teens, <laughs> like my sister saying like, oh, this song reminds me of like this specific anime character. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's where this author, author, this AMV creator was coming <laughs> from with the Linkin Park Tension video is like, yeah. oh, this song reminds me of this character, and they want to share that connection that they have, right. which like, is I, an emotional connection. I think, um, technique-wise, the one to compare this to would be the uh, "Everyone Wants to Rule the World" because mm-hmm. that was a, you know, emo scenes with the emo song, and I think that was a better um, exhibition of timing and intent and editing. Uh, could you also say that these two are serious AMVs and caffeine comium and? Jinai are gag AMVs, and that's a category that's valid. And I'm gonna just try to press this on you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not much ego. I'm okay with just being tromped on, <laughs> steamrolled over by my interpretation. Okay. Now I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think that's fine. That's a. I think that's a good divider. You know, before I, you fine tune categorize things you go I mean, serious gag and i think there can be things straddling that line too mm-hmm. it's just kind of like mentally that's how i organize them sure that's all and you need to agree with me in all <laughs> particulars at all times yes I'm... okay <laughs> sorry tori did you have something to say oh <laughs> no it's just like basically just a little bit tangentially from that i think i'm having nebulous thoughts about like about genre here because amv nominally is the genre yeah, but, what, what, why is it a genre? It's a is fan fiction yeah, a genre? It's a medium, yeah, it's right? A medium. It's a yeah. medium. But it's a say, certain type of fan but work, but that's not medium. the same as a genre. I guess that's true. Like fan fiction's not. Is anime a genre, Tori? No. Definitely <laughs> not. Oh my god, I will fight someone <laughs> if they say that to me. I've then, heard then, that before. People then, have said that to me. Anyway. Then how on. could different genres of music set to different genres of anime all be the same genre? No, they're not. Um what was the word genre mean? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I was just thinking, like, could we possibly say that, like, um, the Utna video and the Kenshin video had a similar intent, but that the Utna video was just better executed? Is that what I, we already I would, said? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, completely. Yes. Okay. I, I think a lot of it so, comes down to execution. For sure. 
But like, what are those elements of execution that make it work? Is timing a part of that? Well, yeah, I, I would say timing and clip choice are probably the most fundamental. I mean, as someone who's never made an AMV and has only <laughs> brainstormed things that like, ah, I, I would make an AMV of that if I wasn't a total lazy person doesn't want to learn how to do it. I mean, at the end of this, we have to go through all your oh. theoretical AMVs. <laughs> oh, I've got a series. It's okay. But we'll, we'll do that. Anyway, as someone who doesn't know what he's talking about, it seems to me that timing and clip choice are like the fundamental building blocks of like, why? Right. Oh, I guess song choice also, right? Mm -hmm. Are like the main tools you have. Those are like the levers that you're pulling. Those are the things that you're adjusting mm -hmm. in making an AMV. It's just interesting because we, and Della was talking about the toolkit and I'm like, well, yes, I, I think, Amato, you're right. That the, yeah, those are the main things. But there's also this element of like parallel and symbolism, which brings me to my uh, YouTube Final Fantasy IX video. Mm -hmm. oh, okay, but before we get deep into oh, that, wait, Tori, are we? That, no, no, I just mean you're talking about parallel symbolism. That's just your choice of music combined with your choice of clips, right? right. But mm -hmm. well, <laughs> I mean, okay, maybe this is too simplifying. Maybe I'm like <laughs> saying like. Well, obviously, what you have to work no. with when you're writing a novel is words. So, like, you just choose no, the no, right no. words well, and you're done. Themes and motifs, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I just meant, I meant, like, very literally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, the, you know, I think the U2 example is really a, a good one because there's a part where it's, like, um, eye in the sky and there's literally oh, yeah. an eye in the sky. <laughs> right? i got to say, like, Tori, you're, you're talking about this elevation uh, AMV by, you know, the songs by U2. The clips are from Final Fantasy IX. I think the AMV is also just called Elevation, right? Yes. And I did not realize until I watched that how much airship people <laughs> floating, mm -hmm. like stuff exploding through the air there was in Final Fantasy IX. But when I was watching it all in a row like that, I was dang, but this is, yeah. 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 It's kind of a visual theme that Final Fantasy IX has going. Yeah. I, I, I never watched Final Fantasy IX, but then after that music video, yeah, I don't watch that series. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's all cutscenes from Final Fantasy IX, by yeah. the way, and it like yeah, it makes it seem like it's a whole show in Mata, and of itself. If it's a video game, is it still anime music video? Ooh, oh, <laughs> dang! Well, look, you go to an anime convention and half the people are dressed as video game people, so like it's like Care Bears and Care Bear Cousins, <laughs> where you know we just talk about the Care Bears in general. But sorry, we're not trying to exclude you, Care Bear Cousins. <laughs> it's like this is not. An attack on you, Swift Heart Rabbit. It's just like that's the common parlance. Well, I, I'm spending time with you, Amada, the, the way you <laughs> categorize things. <laughs> I want all, all of my metaphors to be Care Bear based from now on. Deal. <laughs> so I would say yes, it's still an AMV. Well, I with think, an AMV cousin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had the same thought, but I, I had this thing where I run whole debates in my head and I. Decided to go with it because it, it's still, you know, off the, um, off the cut scenes mm -hmm. and to call it anime or not, I think because anime isn't a genre, <laughs> it's more <laughs> of a, it, it was made in Japan and it was a stylized cartoon. I mean, it's animation. Yeah. It's, like it's Japanese yeah, animation. It is. Yeah. yeah. So I think it'd be fair to call video game cut scenes an AMV, but I also feel like you could do it with American games with cut scenes because it's in the um, style of these things. So you could call them AMVs, but it'd be a bit anachronistic, but I, I, I don't know it. Well, <laughs> the question really comes down to what people would have called things that were Western that came out in the quote unquote AMV format back in the day. 
And like, obviously, video games were included and probably not only Japanese video games. But I think it's important to note that like the reason that we can get so up at arms about anime is not a genre is because (laughs) people really did. There was this whole bringing over of anime and it became Mm -hmm. this sort of like subculture in the Mm -hmm. U.S. Like. We, we saw Japanese animation as unique, and yeah. we also conflated it with a lot of our video games, especially Japanese video games. So it feels like it's all part of a culture rather than actually being about being Japanese animation, right? Yeah, and and I mean, we as a as members of an anime boom when we were young, like participants in anime boom when we were young, we had to figure out that anime wasn't a genre too. It took me a little while. Mm-hmm. That, that was a rough time, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a hard to realize that not every Anime is Evangelion. <laughs> right. You watch something and you're like, wait, is it just me or is this bad? <laughs> but no, it's anime though. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, because we didn't have an exposure to animation growing up that wasn't just like... Curated. <laughs> yeah, it was just for either for kids or it was the you know stuff my dad kept on the top shelf <laughs> that he wouldn't show me until I was in college. Yeah. So therefore, Ninja School has to be good. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like a comp head of anime stuff. <laughs> well, it is interesting, Tori, that um, like the the AMV that we're talking about right now, Elevation, I didn't feel like, like going into it, I was like, is there enough, is there enough video to work with in Final Fantasy IX to make this work well? And it turns out, yes, there is. Oh my God, there is. Um, <laughs> it is fun to go back to because you're like, wow, I'm surprised by that. <laughs> I also find it just a little bit distracting. I, like Final Fantasy IX, I never actually finished it. it. Seemed like a good game. A lot of good things about it. I find it very distracting that there's like the character design that like Zidane and Garnet and like Aiko have. And then it's like Steiner. And some people are kind of like a certain type of character design. And some people are Muppets, like him and the Queen. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, okay, but if everyone was a Muppet, that would be easier for me. Amato, how do you feel about Black Mage then? Like... Wait, what, what, are you talking about Vivi? Because Vivi's great. Oh, Vivi, yeah. Vivi's great. But, but like, there's an appearance of, like, there's black mages who look like Vivi at other file fantasy, right? Yeah, sure. So, I'm just saying, like... But that's less distracting, because one imagines that under their veil of darkness, <laughs> they would have a head with similar proportions to, like, your average person. I guess that's probably true. You do? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I just imagine like the the cone with eyes, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Also, I noticed that Queen Aquen did not appear in that AMV. I'm deeply disappointed. Such a plot significant character who I'm pretty sure must have been in all of the the cutscenes, and the author just (laughs) chose not to use them. Mm -hmm. Anything else that we want to talk about about Elevation specifically? I don't think we spent too much time on it. I, I, I do want to mention, like, this is one of the ones that stood out for me, like, not just because I'm, like, a giant U2 fan, mm-hmm. which is probably why it came on my radar in the first place when it first came out in the very early 2000s. Um, actually, not that long after that song came out, because that album was 2000. But um, it stood out to me because of, like I mentioned, when they do, like, you know, there's literal an eye in the sky yeah every time it's the mold digging in the hole it's a uh, queen brawn hey something like that yeah <laughs> and um i like my other favorite part is like the orbit of her hips um uh, it's like the corner of her lips meets the orbit of her hips and it's like kuja doing a little yeah little like hip swirl like 
you know, they do in that. And so everything is very kind of like literal to the song. Mm -hmm. But I think also what's delightful about it is to see all of these um, these clips together, because when you play the game, you don't get you know, you get those um, you get cut scenes every so often. But to see them all put together, you really appreciate the animation of the whole thing. So. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm still trying to figure out whether it's worth it to go back and play nine or not. Because I haven't played any of it. Mm. Uh, what I liked about it was that it's as I feel like it's the farthest in Final Fantasy has ever gone at making every character totally different. Mm. I mean, I'm sure one could do even more interesting formal things if one was mm. trying. But like, there's just they all very much have their own abilities and their own like sets of equipment and their own like role in combat. And to the extent that you get to choose which ones you use, it feels like a very major choice mm -hmm. yeah. on the other hand you know one of the things that was kind of nice about seven or whatever is just like just pick whoever you like it doesn't matter <laughs> pick the character who appeals to you most and then give them the material that you need yeah you know it's funny about you you mentioned like um the kind of the animation style of the characters being like a bit different you know in size and shape I remember I didn't play nine for a while because I was like, what is up with these big heads <laughs> on our protagonists? But when I did play it, I, I felt the same way. I felt like it, it just had a lot of character to it as a game. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, lots of character. <laughs> Speaking of lots of characters, one thing we have not talked about yet in this discussion are cross source material AMVs. Mm -hmm. And None of us proposed any except Tori at the last minute. Um, um, and that was because you couldn't find your other one. What's right? the last minute one? Um, move. Well, it's it's to. Um, OK, well, first first things first. I really, really wanted to find Suichi's question mm -hmm. by Bakadeshi Productions, which contains it. You can find the reference to it on animemusicvideo.org but you can't find a link to watch the video. And I remember it's set to what is this from Nightmare Before Christmas? And it's 33 different anime and it's yaoi themed. So like <laughs> the main theming is like male characters, like basically like discovering, <laughs> yeah, other sexuality, discovering your sexuality. I think one of the early clips is like, you know, I don't even remember what anime it's from, but you know, like somebody is like, basically like taking off the other guy's shirt and pulling out his pants it's like what is this <laughs> <laughs> that's a very cute um, use of that song yeah i loved it growing up but i mean i was also a teenager so maybe i'm just being a little bit silly <laughs> but yeah it's it's not really anywhere available to find at least on the amv subreddit some people remembered but yeah i also uh then remembered from a similar era it's set to uh, it's the song goes move bitch get out the way get out the way I think it's just called move bitch get out the way or it's called get out the way mm -hmm. but it has that also has a bunch of different anime and it's mostly focused on uh, a lot of it is Asuka punching Shinji uh, <laughs> yeah there's a lot of other drama, stuff like there's some Sailor Moon yeah right. right yeah um, yeah you said you were impressed that they even had like some Sailor Stars like Galaxia blasting someone backwards clip or whatever they do yeah and they have an Utna clip where I was it was like a weird coloring of it but I was like how did you find this one because I think it was from the third season anyway oh, yeah, yeah obscure stuff yeah and that's 
you know, that's definitely the kind of video where the goal of it is to amuse anime congoers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like to put it up in front of like a screen and have <laughs> have people like laugh and enjoy themselves. And they were probably not intending it to be discussed in the year 2022 or anything like that when they were putting it together. Um, but I feel like, yeah, it's interesting what you what you were describing with Suichi's question, even though that's also clearly supposed to be like humorous and stuff. But it's like these these videos that are cross anime, they're looking for thematic correspondences or like something that crosses multiple Mm -hmm. series or source materials that they Mm -hmm. can like string together and use a song to kind of conceptually link. I mean, I I guess with the get out of the way, like the the concept is like someone's in your way and you're knocking them out of the way. But (laughs) it's not deep, but it is there in many anime. Uh, by the way, the song is Move Bitch by Ludacris, but uh, <laughs> just, just you know, for a note. But um, they did do a little more with that one than you would think, right? Like, the, again, that's the main concept, but there's a couple points where they actually do try to match lyrics to stuff, but mostly it's people punching each other. And there's even some cowboy bebop, and I thought that was, that was the most awkward part of the video to me, was when it's like... Um, you know, it's like Spike shooting a gun. I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't not, quite fit with the humor of the thief, right? It's not the same as a comedic, like, anime slapstick. Exactly. Action. Uh, no. Like, Hammer Space style girl punching boy. But they, it seems like they were working with what they had and what they liked, which is also an interesting point of AMV, right? Mm-hmm. Showing what, what they're a fan of mm-hmm. <laughs> and what was available to them. Mm-hmm. Right. Which probably had a large overlap because in some ways, you know, you, you couldn't choose everything that exists. You could only choose what was available to you to like and enjoy. Should we we talk about the uh, Ryoga yeah. one, the um, Pretenders 500 Miles? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's much to say about it. Well, here's one thing to say about it. Well, I, I remember liking that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I like it. It's, I feel like it's an interesting balance. And if anything's kind of straddling this line between like soulfulness and, and gagness, I feel out of the envies we're talking about, I feel like it's that one Mm -hmm. because it's a humor anime, which is trying to give the characters some amount of like, um, I don't know, resonant, completely insane character obsessions that like maybe you can relate with. I think it's rom-com tone. It's rom-com tone. That, 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 that seems fair. Yeah. Ron-con, you might say. Mm-hmm. No. And <laughs> and the song is also, it's serious-ish, but it's also kind of like lighthearted-ish. Yeah. Well, I want to correct myself because I said pretenders and I always do that, but it's actually proclaimers. Oh, Basically, right. they're a one-hit wonder. Like, the pretenders yeah. have a female vocalist. I don't know why I mix this up so often. But yeah, they're an Australian band. And this song is also pretty lighthearted, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, there's not much to say about the song. Well, it's, like, just... it's, it's, um, <laughs> it's hyperbolic. Right. So it's, right. there's that comedy. Yeah. I think that's inherent in the lyrics and it fits well to a comedy anime like, like Ranma. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's a good fit. And also just, you know, having a whole lot of footage of Ryoka walking somewhere. <laughs> and, and there's or, a lot of that. <laughs> and or being lost in like delusions of romance. And there's a lot of that too. Well, it's like funny where they show like a shot of him being knocked out or something. And then the lyrics is like, when I get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So they actually did a, a decent job editing it, mm-hmm. but they didn't. 
in a way they didn't need to because like the joke of I would walk 500 miles and Ryoga, who has a terrible sense of direction, is just funny enough and on its own. And it's motivated mostly yeah. by yeah. love. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. And, and, exactly. And yes. the rest of it is like taking out of context things from the anime and trying to construe it to match something that the lyrics say. Right. <laughs> and they do and, that pretty well, I think. Yeah, it's playful. Yeah. Um, they have to stretch for some of the things. I was like, like there's a when it, I work and like someone hands them like a like a omiyage or something, something <laughs> like, like, to, like that. get paid or something. Yeah, that, yeah, I think that's right. Oh yeah. <laughs> and like in some in some line of about like the domestic tranquility thing, it like they have to use a like delusion from his mind from Tunnel of Lost Love, I yeah. think, or something. A dream sequence or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, they dug deep. But here's what. Here's what they were up against with editing that video mm -hmm. is that Ranma footage, when you put it next to each other, does not match itself in the slightest. Mm, right. Like early Ranma looks so different from later Ranma anime, which looks so different from the OAVs and movies. And they were using all of it. And it looks weird because sometimes the animation quality is like a still shot because we have <laughs> no <laughs> money. And sometimes it's like, wow, action movement. Yeah, it's supposed to one frame a second. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like that point because I was just coming from the perspective of like, of course, everyone had access to Ranma. It was like one of the most available things of VHS. But you're right. They had an additional obstacle there. And I don't think they solved it. I think it looks weird. I like the AMV. I, I think it looks really strange because it's like, it it's just it, when you're putting the Ranma next to itself directly that quickly juxtaposed, you're like, oh, oh, yeah, that's totally different. To me, it just feels like Ranma. Though <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Della? Yeah, that's Ranma. <laughs> okay. Well, Fair it's enough. like it's comedy, and it makes, and you're okay with it as long as you don't think about any of the implications. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right. I, I guess that is the Ranma spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. When I'm working, is him working the light from the Christmas OAV episode <laughs> when there's like just a really brief shot of like him doing one light and like someone else is doing the other light because Dokomo's performing on stage, even though that makes no sense in the world of Ranma. Okay. Yeah. Now it's all coming back to me. That's so hard to explain. <laughs> yeah, changing the the, the colors on the, on the on the lights, right? The stage lights. <laughs> I mean, just Dokomo is pretty hard to explain, but yeah. I guess it's not that hard to explain. It's just weird. Anyway. <laughs> um, it's also weird to think because like. Oh, God. Uh, remember like the Ava game version one? I think my character was basically a real guest send up character. Yes, that was <laughs> basically the idea. Which is cringy. <laughs> oh, I mean, all sorts of things were cringy about that campaign from all directions. Yeah, but I, no I, I took the funny stuff or improv stuff and didn't take anything else from it. Hmm. I got a weird question. What's that? So, like, I, I, I was an egg back then, personally. Were my characters also an egg back then? Is my character from then also trans? Um, I think that depends I on think... you. <laughs> also, by the way, we are talking about an RPG that Amato and Della play, or a tabletop RPG that Amato and Della played together. Mega crossover. You know what? Della mm -hmm. having. <laughs> Having <laughs> taken up your character in the Ava game too as an NPC, mm -hmm. I'm gonna say yeah, yeah. He, he was kind of pissed off like throughout his whole life, and I feel like part of that was this like a certain lack of self reflection 
And that's probably some areas where he needed to do some digging. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it didn't work. I mean, except for him turning out kind of like yeah, yeah. bitter. Yeah. Great for a good NPC, though. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's like a whole deep dive we could go on about um, oh. archetypes. And <laughs> I, you know, recently in classes, we've been talking a lot about Jung. So I'm stuck on the archetypes. Because, you know, you got to learn the history to learn the present. But mm -hmm. I'm like. Yeah, we could all talk about self-reflection at the media that we've consumed, especially at the media where we've created a character for ourselves. Right? Yeah, for sure. But that has nothing to do with, well, maybe it's something to do with AMVs. What's the connection? Well, <laughs> you, you can create characters in AMVs in similar, similar ways just by right. recontextualizing visual images and songs. Right. To greater or lesser extents. That's another thing. Some of these are more character focused. Mm -hmm. Like, um, for instance, the uh, Kenshin one that Della brought to us is very much focused on like, it's a Linga Park in the end. I think that's just the name of the videos in the end, right? Or, yeah. the end. I, that, that's what you search. Kenshin in the end. <laughs> I feel like, right. Whether or not you're creating characters, I feel like there's always this reading of a character. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so like by applying that song to Kenshin, you're sort of exploring a more despairing part of Kenshin that is not probably his main part in like, you know, canon. Well, this I is mean, mostly about the um the OAVs after Samurai X. Yeah. So, yeah. So, oh, you're right. right. It's yeah. a lot more valid there. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And we already mentioned this AMV <laughs> yeah, back yeah. when you guys did it. Oh yeah, we talked about it. Yeah. Yeah, but it is a good point to say that like it's also that there's a character being portrayed in the song too, mm -hmm. right? Like whether you believe that's the the singer's actual feelings or not, there's still a character, sort of like we talked about with RPF, like songs evoke a character. And therefore, there's this comparison between Kenshin in this narrative. Because this isn't, like y'all said, the whole of Kenshin. This is the, uh, I think the author even said in the note, it was like something like, this is about like, something <laughs> to do with uh, Kenshin's, What's her name? Karomi? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Kagome? Uh, no. No. No? No, Yasha. I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine, y'all. Yeah. Never mind. It's okay. just, it, it was meant to do with a particular kind of angsty part of the, right. the narrative. Yeah. Well, what I remembered from the AMV that like, stuck out was like just the scenes of the cutting the, the X on the guy's cheek. Right, yeah. and then that 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 imagery um, stuck to me, but I don't know if that's because like that's the first place I saw it, you know. Like I I I knew the song before. I hadn't seen this movie. I knew a little bit about a uh, Kenshin, but I hadn't seen the. I just watched some of the series or read some of the manga and haven't seen this because like th this OAV thing is a completely different tone than all the rest of it. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, none of us know what we're talking about. Yeah. But yeah. No, but I actually think that's a great point because you're talking about like how the tone of the song reflects the interpretation of the narrative. And mm -hmm. we talked about how sometimes this is our first exposure or was our first exposure to most of the media, right? So that reflects how you're going to interpret that anime if you're interested in these AMVs. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like some AMVs could be very successful. I getting you interested in watching the original source material and like that's 
that was probably another role they played at anime conventions back in the days. I feel like I've watched some bad stuff because I saw a good AMV of it. (laughs) (laughs) True. Uh, Well, any other thoughts that we have on AMVs as a whole before we wrap this up? Hmm. Do we want to talk about our uh, imaginary AMVs that don't exist? Am I the only one who has like, you know, a stock of AMVs that I want to make? You're not the only one. Well, it's like, it's a weird trend that... I'm still on Tumblr because, yeah, <laughs> where a lot of people make um, playlists for characters. And I feel like this is an extension of that. Yeah. A uh, different sort of creation. It's less, you know, less visual, but it is putting uh, music to characterization. And that's something I, I'll, I'll listen to other people's playlists, but I can't really make it myself. All I know is I, w- I think I want to make something to, um, Bare naked ladies uh, falling for the first time, <laughs> but I think there's five million AMVs with that song. But I just think, <laughs> think it's it'd be fun to put something visual too. Any ideas about what source material you'd want to use? No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, any ideas I've ever had have always been like a very specific song to a specific character yeah, or whatever. You're somebody that gets stuff done, Amada. So <laughs> that makes more yes, sense. Yes, I get stuff done, <laughs> like notes in a text file from twenty years ago that have never ever become anything close to an AMV. I mean, like, conceptually, you can visualize yourself and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I know in the past, I've definitely thought about um, an AMV I would have wanted to make, but it's been so long since it's been on my radar. Do you still remember? No, not really. I mean, I'm sure if I, like, started thinking in that that mentality again, I would. Mm-hmm. Like, I things would just come up for me. I know for a fact, though, if y'all haven't seen a uh, cyberpunk Edgerunners, you that's, should. That's on my two watch. Um, so the opening song is a uh, Franz Ferdinand song that I'd never heard before, but it's like it's mostly the main character in the opening. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, that's sort of like an AMV because it's telling like it's basically telling you the narrative of the character. Mm hmm. Um, in the the opening credits as it moves through, it's it's really interesting. Well, I, not to tangent again, but <laughs> I think it's interesting the use of uh, songs in the um, Arcane series because mm. every episode has like a song that that is about that episode that, mm. that they're working to the show someplace that talks about the themes of each episode. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the more I think about the ending theme of Cyberpunk and Treasures is also about a different character. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Now I'm like, I think if I did make an AMV, it would be character themed. Yeah. I, I think the models are pun based, though. Sometimes. No, <laughs> none of mine are exactly pun based. Exactly. Give us an exactly. example of motto. Well, look, all I all I planned out was a series of Sailor Moon AMVs, obviously, because I became familiar enough with Sailor Moon, the original anime, mm-hmm. that I new like individual clips that like i would want in individual places and i probably made mm-hmm. some notes about that mm-hmm. but there was going to be an outer sense not there not there was not there was ever going to be i sketched out mentally a series of outer senshi themed sailor moon oavs and it would have been a Uranus and neptune video set to two against nature by steely dan which is all about bug extermination but kind of with a <laughs> ghostbusters vibe you with me so far, Tori? You look thoughtful. No, no, I'm sorry. I, you just reminded me of something that I I had in the back of my brain log. <laughs> Got it. Okay, we'll come back to you. And then for Saturn, I was going to do Magic Dance from the soundtrack to Labyrinth. Dance, Magic Dance. Oh, yeah, Jump Baby Jump. It would be great. Yeah. 
um, with our age-changing Saturn, who has very little footage to work with. Put that and, magic spell on me. <laughs> and then I believe Pluto was difficult, but I, I think I was going to go with All Star, um, Smash Mouth All Star. Wow. The, the, the problem with Pluto is that she has even less footage, but <laughs> with the, the years start coming, they don't start co stop coming and such. It would be a lot of her like standing at a door with time passing by. Okay. And, then the, okay. the, the vibe would be kind of like stepping forward and doing stuff and having like more of a, a central role. The few times she does anything whatsoever. Um, body told me the world was going to roll me. That's right. <laughs> and that would be, I mean, I know, I know what scene that was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I think the sharpest tool in the shed was her summoning her staff, which is a blunt weapon. <laughs> anyway. Interesting. Um, in right. addition, I if I'm going to use Shrek songs, which I, I'm going to do, um, a, a Tuxedo Common video set to I'm a Believer using all of the various times when he gets brainwashed by female <laughs> villains was absolutely going to cap that I off. I couldn't leave her if I tried. That's correct. Oh, wow. I saw her face. Now I'm a believer. Blank-eyed Tuxedo Common, like, you know, being uh. caressed by some, like, God. Female femme fatale, big boss. <laughs> I I enjoy some tuxedo common bashing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like tuxedo common, but um, he doesn't deserve it. <laughs> He's a nice guy, okay. I know that. Well, sure. The, the best uses of tuxedo common are when. He's playing straight man to the fact that he has to hang out with a bunch of teenage girls all the time. I but know. the series so rarely uses him that way. But he, he, he gets beat up by a bonbon baby. We can't take him seriously. <laughs> Hospitalized. <laughs> Bedridden by being hit by a single piece of animated candy. That's one movie, y'all. Let's get over it. <laughs> no. No, to be fair. I mean, like, how many times do you save... Sailor Moon? It's fine. It's fine. You know what? I, I will say that one thing we can say against... <laughs> Mamoru is he well, I rolled my R for some reason. Spanish <laughs> in the back of my brain. Yeah. He does hang out with a bunch of uh uh teenage girls all the time. Yeah. And that's a little bit creepy. And I know he and Usagi are destined moon lovers, but like Whatever. fourteen versus <laughs> what, twenty? That's not okay. No, there's better Usagi ships out there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, any number yeah. of them. Well, That's my segue. I yeah. was gonna do a Seiya Memoru Usagi thing. Is Seiya with, really uh, the better ship? With two princes by Spin Doctors, maybe not. Oh, maybe oh, it would be good. Haruka. I don't know. Someone else that's like a love interest of yeah. Usagi, right? Like I don't know about better. But Seiya hits. <laughs> I'm not saying that Seiya is better. I'm just saying that Seiya hits move. on Usagi more than like anybody else. Right, but, but like Usagi and Ray, though. I think. Well, that's that's, that's okay. the patrician ship for yeah. sure. Okay. Yes. <laughs> That is, that's a, a big pairing for sure. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, what were we saying about Mamoru? Yeah. Uh, have you seen that fan video? Like the, the live action one? It, it like, with, with like some woman playing Sailor Moon and there's like some villain wearing the silver crystal and Tuxedo Common shows up. Have we not seen this? No, no. Oh, you kind of need to watch it. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's Sailor Moon's reaction too. It's K. <laughs> <laughs> No, I meant send it to me. Got it. <laughs> well, it sounds like we have some very important business to attend to. Mm -hmm, so maybe mm -hmm. we should wrap up this video. <laughs> video? Is this a video? Ah, uh, geez. This, no, this, it's a fan victory, obviously. This, look, I knew I was going to be filmed. Okay? <laughs> I think it does automatically uh, upload a video version of this. Uh, yeah, right, but there's no actual video. No. 
Okay, You'll no, have to no, decide no. which anime to send it to, Della, <laughs> as the editor. That one. Yes. Uh, I can't do video editing. It's like timing and slow down and upbeats and downbeats. I can't do that. <laughs> well, in conclusion, I don't know if we enlightened anybody about anything, but it's been very pleasant to kind of like walk back over our memories of when we were super into this particular type of fan creation that I have paid very little attention to since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to like invite anybody who who is still in the AMV culture and or was and, back in the or day. was well, yeah who just knows more than us to to reach out because this is actually something I'm quite interested in at the moment. Sort of like when Amato got me back into <laughs> fan fiction. Yeah. Now I'm like AMVs. Yeah. Well, if we're talking about modern day stuff, I I, I had been thinking about how this um, creation process has evolved with the, with the technology because today, because I did go back at some point a few years ago to find that they're still holding some AMV contests on like YouTube, but that Mm -hmm. like died off. But I think today what that is, is things like TikTok, things the the impulse has moved over there where in TikTok, a lot of things that happen is that they take clips and they play sounds and they like recreate, they like create new characterizations. I'm, I'm, Given this more credit than, <laughs> than it's due a no, lot of time. You're but... right. Just like an audio clip of someone saying something and then there's like a new video put to it or whatever. Yeah. Like that kind of thing happens all the time. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Now you can take videos on your phone and you could even take a video of your TV screen playing an anime and it would be pretty good quality. Well, there's this trend a, a while ago where th- there's this song, uh, Dear Maria, you know, mm-hmm. where. They said that Dear Maria works with any anime opening. And so there's like 5,000 videos <laughs> of Dear Maria playing with different muted anime intros. And like all the all the beats hit at the same time. And it works for so many different different songs. And it's like when people are mixing up visuals and songs in new ways like this. That's really cool. Yeah. I was not familiar with that one. And there's also like stuff like talking about fan work. So there's people that do like like little, little improvs as characters <laughs> and, and then they have other people like cosplay where they, where they act they use that audio and they act it out or they they draw different animations or just like little animatics yeah with it yeah you know i've seen animatics more too of mm-hmm. people like at least sketching out the animation to songs yeah with like new characters or interpretations yeah it's yeah. very cool well one, one of my favorite style of animatics is like like they the the camera pointed at the screen of someone's like procreate and they're taking the layer and they have it selected and they're moving it. (laughs) That's the animation. Mm. All this is making me think that like what used to be such a niche interest for us, like in the era of these early AMV is when people had to scrounge for any anime, even if it wasn't a good anime. Okay. So I was with, Um, with my sister's kids at the local elementary school. And on the wall was chalk graffiti of Sonic. And pointing towards it was the phrase Sussy Baka with an arrow. <laughs> just think about the layers of culture <laughs> that yeah. these kids have yeah. that wasn't available to us. Just like writing Baka on a <laughs> on a wall at in grade school. Yeah. Jeez. It's like unthinkable, but now it's pretty blase. For sure. Like we would have been the the nerd kids in middle school do maybe doing that Mm -hmm. like yeah now this is all just kind of out there and is assimilated into our main culture and maybe that's why i don't know 
I actually can't say this because I'm not a part of AMV culture, but it feels like, for, at least for me, AMVs aren't as much of a priority in my life because it's it's less of a need. It's less of a need to see these things that and you can find that playfulness everything. Playfulness is found right? just kind of disseminated into internet culture. Well, it's also the uh, you talked about before the technology. There's more processing things where it's easier to make a anime music video now than it was back then. It's not mm-hmm. the um, um, expert labor that it was i don't mean to say disparagingly i just mean it's more more accessible <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that there's for a sure. larger uh group doing it and that puts less em- emphasis on like um master work <laughs> type things like timing and selection and it's more scattershot and you get, get a lot of more interesting things out of it i think that'll be fair Della. i mean there's probably some really masterclass AMVs out there right exactly. now, considering the, the yeah, exactly. Send we just in. don't know. Send them in. Let's yeah. see them. <laughs> I want to see them. I don't know. Are they new? I don't like new things. Yeah. <laughs> look, send in your Care Bears AMV. I'll take a look. <laughs> but please don't neglect the cousins. Uh, those are the video game AMVs, right? <laughs> All right. This was a very special episode of Retro Fanfic Retrospective with a very special after-school message. I feel special. Of some kind. Good. You should. Um, And we did not have a single source material, but you'd best believe that there will be some links in the show notes to various AMVs that we talked about that are still available on YouTube, which is most of them. Like, most of them have, a lot of them have migrated to YouTube by yeah. this point. Some of them are still Oh my there. God. Yeah. And yeah. if anyone can find... a a way to watch Suichi's question, Suichi, S-U-I-C-H-I, question by Bakadeshi Productions. Please let me know. Yeah, forget everything else we told you to send in. Focus on that. If you I, got a VHS I of tried it. so hard and got so far, but in the end, it, it didn't, didn't even, even matter. matter. Oh, what a song. Oh, it it's literally true. <laughs> <laughs> I know it hurts me too, but I I can't help myself. Can't help, yeah. Every I, time I know, and it's your fault, Della. It's always about with like something somebody tries so hard, so it's always so serious. But... <laughs> like I think I'm gonna gain your affliction after this of always remembering that song. Oh no, it's spreading. Anyway, so your your outro. Yeah, oh. speaking of songs, <laughs> the intro song to this podcast is the weekly fare off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure, set to Battle of the Planets, the dubbed version of Gachamon. Um, Oh, the song is by Komiku, by the way. Mm -hmm. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album set to, I I don't know. Ooh, what's a running themed anime? Uh, Shots of uh, Ryoga trying to go places. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) That one flashback episode of Sailor Moon that's the Haruka flashback. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would be good. Uh, Oh, people have tried to to pull so much footage (laughs) from that, like, very minor anything that you get. It kind (laughs) of works. Uh, anyway, yeah, the outro song, Run Against the Universe, <laughs> same album, same creator. You can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. Our podcast is edited by Della Rose, who is right over here, mm-hmm. and who probably is not going to try video editing just because I sprang that joke on her. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm more likely to try, like, VTubing first. <laughs> okay. Well, if you do decide to dabble in video editing, I've got uh, some AMV suggestions that you could work on. I'll provide you the footage. Don't say this. It could happen. It, <laughs> I, I don't know. 
I don't have the brain space for this. <laughs> I'd have to delete something else. <laughs> I think it's worth it. <laughs> you can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. And if you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode or about AMVs, contact us on Twitter at Retrofanfic, Facebook at Retrofanfic, send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com, or you could leave comments or reviews on Apple Podcasts or the podcast service of your choice that you are probably using at the moment. I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Della. We're just three Earth life forms trying to be nice to each other. Until next time, take care. Trying to be nice, but in the end, it didn't even matter. <laughs> oh, no. Stop. <laughs> I can't. I actually can't. <laughs> yeah, again. Infecting <laughs> me. Every episode. Find virus. Every episode. No. new Gundam out oh right well, yes there's, al- there's always a new Gundam out but <laughs> no 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 this I've... time it's a it's a female protagonist and a female pilot protagonist first in Gundam history okay uh, let me just say no. it's stupid <laughs> that it's 2022 and that's the first time they've had a female pilot get, protagonist it gets, it gets more okay. <laughs> it takes place at an academy right okay where Things are decided by uh, duels. Of course. In- including, like, marriages. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Are you saying this is a, like, Uta-inspired Gundam series? And the main character probably <laughs> arrives is. at the school as a transfer, sees a, a, the person getting bullied in, in her greenhouse. <laughs> what? No, no. And she challenges really? the fiancé to a duel, and it, she wins the duel. <laughs> this might be no. what needed to happen to get me it's to watch a Gundam series. It's not level of specificity, the, is it? And at the at end of the episode... God. She says, "Like, uh, like you're you're my groom now." Okay, that's deliberate. That is not an accident. I saw the preview for this show, <laughs> and I was like, "This actually looks really good." But now I'm like, if they're ripping us, watch. Look, look, it's the time of you know decades, decades later, where you should have people <laughs> riffing on Utna because they grew up watching it, and now they're like in a position to lead series. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't surprise. I mean, it, it surprised me a little, but like, uh, that's interesting. <laughs> But no, the people are just calling calling it Gundam Utna, you know? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's awesome.